0: welcome. We're taking a second look at the book of a letter of 1 Peter from the New Testament today. My name's Mike. I'm the pastor at Watch It Baptist Church and it's great to have you with us. We're going to start uh, in prayer and then we are going to launch straight into our reading which is verses 3 to 12 of 1 Peter chapter 1. So let's pray. Lord open our hearts. Make us uh, thirsty to hear from you. Not just to hear the words that are written down, but to hear your voice in our hearts. Amen. So 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth and gold, which perishes even through though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them. That they were not serving themselves like you and they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the holy spirit sent from heaven even angels long to look into these things so back in 2016 i uh, decided well, i realized really that i got to be quite a grumpy person in the mornings and i wanted to do something about that i was aware that the way i was living at the time had quite a bit of pressure in it and so my time was very full Um, so I decided I was going to do something to try and address this and the thing I decided to do was go for a walk every morning and it was a great idea you know I think that as as responses to my situation go pretty wise pretty sensible move Um, and then I actually I went and did it and I went and did it for quite a while Um, she did walking most mornings for probably about five, six months which was really cool and I discovered lots of things like uh, make sure you have a really good pair of boots if you're going to be walking away from pavements uh, any reasonable amount of time, particularly in the autumn. Uh, I learned that sunsets look absolutely incredible if you're actually in them when the sun rises. So that was cool, too. And I also discovered that uh, when you decide to do something, uh, it's a really uh, good idea to then actually like do it, not just to decide to, but actually to do it. That seemed to work really well last time that we were looking at one peter we looked at the first two verses of the first chapter and we're doing a slightly bigger chunk this time starting at verse three and going through to 12 but it's first three really that i want to focus on so i'm just going to reread just that verse it says this praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Have a little look at just the end of that verse. Given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I'm sure my uh, Greek grammar tutor wouldn't be too impressed with this, but I think it's actually possibly quite helpful to look at two different ways in which we might see the end of that sentence the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead brings about living hope. But also, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is living hope. It kind of, it's the destination, but also the route in. God has, the Father has, given new birth, Peter says to the disciples who are reading his letter, but we know that this applies to us too. And that new birth that he's given leads to living hope. And that, that living hope means something that is not static or dormant or lifeless. I think, um, for me, sort of wishful thinking is a bit like dead hope. Um, but this is living hope. It's, it's got its own dynamic. It, it exists because of the resurrection. And the Father offers it to us based on the resurrection. Now, God's offer to humanity is often referred to as salvation. Indeed, Peter uses that term. Greek is uh, soter. Uh, salvation. And Google describes it with two possible um, definitions. One is this, preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin or loss. And definition two is deliverance from sin and its consequences believed by christians to be brought about by faith in christ peter and i'm sure he's disappointed about this didn't have access to google so he describes salvation in terms of new birth living hope and inheritance and inheritance is to do with being part of the family of the father we get to inherit like inheritance works isn't it father to children parents to children. And we get to share the inheritance that Jesus has only by being his brothers and sisters. But I I was, as I was looking through this, was aware that there was a a missing piece of terminology. And that missing thing was forgiveness. And I wanted to, in in exploring what salvation is in, in Peter's mind as he writes this, I wanted to have a little look at what forgiveness is and why it's not mentioned here. Now this is sort of my understanding of it. I can't claim this to be um, the definitive way of looking at this but I think it is important and I trust that you'll bear with me as we look at this. Peter in Acts 2, so this is right at the very beginning of the life of the church uh, as Peter stands up and gives a speech uh, in Jerusalem, he says, repent and be baptized, as in Acts 2, for the forgiveness of your sins. So why does he not talk about forgiveness here? I want to just explore the idea that maybe it's because the offer of forgiveness is like a key a really precious key a, a shiny gold key not like the nickel silver brass type things that we have to get in and out of doors now but but shiny and precious and sparkly and amazing and ornate and I think it may be a bit like that partly because it's something that we know that we have uh, but we don't use it very often. We we tend to know that God forgives us, but struggle to let that be real. So maybe you might say we don't forgive ourselves or rather we don't allow God to forgive us. One of those. Um, and also we don't use it very well in terms of passing it on. So we know God forgives us, but yet we still struggle to forgive others. But also a key because key isn't treasure. So um, if you went searching for um pirate treasure, pirate gold, um, maybe in the Caribbean somewhere, lovely place to visit, the Caribbean, recommend it. Um, That that when you go and, and you're searching for this treasure, the thing that you're excited about isn't the key, it's the treasure. The key is a tool to unlock the treasure. And I wonder whether sometimes we forget that that's how forgiveness works. We're offered forgiveness as a key. Here it is, you know, have it, use it and and, and open a door with it. Open the way through to um, to new life and living hope that that Peter refers to in verse three. Peter's description here is not about forgiveness, but that's not because forgiveness doesn't matter. It's because he's focused on what salvation is and what it brings. And he's focused on that because he started the letter by reminding his listeners who they are and where they are and why that's important, what they are. And then he wants to build on that by saying, and you're saved. You have this offer of salvation. So it's not that he thinks forgiveness is unimportant. We know that's the case. We know he thinks it's important because of that sermon he gives in Acts 2. But right now the the wondrous magnificent awesome and incredible gift of love that forgiveness is um is not what he wants us to focus on now let's just spend a moment looking at what forgiveness is just so that we don't run the risk of thinking it's a some sort of byline or side product is not it's, there's no there's no sideshow option about this forgiveness is is crucial it's key um because essentially, for God to come along and say, "Do you know what? All the all the mess that you've made, all the wrong that you've caused, all the darkness and agony of your own life, and I will lift that from you. You don't have to carry that anymore." That that offer is incredible. The, the chance to the chance to um, have the the grubby whiteboard of your life actually properly wiped clean, so that you can start over, is is astounding. It's, it's an amazing gift of love and it's a wonder all of its own. But it's not a transaction because God isn't into transactions. God in his relationship with us isn't looking to trade, not least because we have nothing that is good enough to be trade worthy. God's not about transactions, he's about relationships. He's, he's, our, he's inviting us to be part of the family, to be brothers and sisters with Jesus. That's a relational opportunity. So salvation is not uh, about balancing an account. It's not about evening the score. It is, as I said, certainly not about trading anything. It's about bringing us to him and giving us inheritance and new life and living hope and opportunity for those things. The idea that we... Um, ask for forgiveness, so God lets us in, isn't what Peter wants us to hear. But when we see God's offer of, of forgiveness as the whole of the gift, this kind of key to the special door for after death kind of thing, life ends up mostly about being about waiting around until we need the key. You know, like like the golden ticket in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you, you find your ticket and you hide it until the point where you need to go through the gate. That isn't what Peter is trying to get us to be aware of. He's he's saying living hope starts with accepting the need for new birth and choosing it. Peter, of course, heard or will certainly immediately after us maybe have heard about Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus in John 3. Verse 5 of John 3 says, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Those are Jesus' words. Unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So Peter is taking this idea of new life from something Jesus said. New life and living hope come from what Jesus offers. That's what salvation is about. I'm going to borrow from Paul a bit. I'm going to read from Romans 6. I did this, I think, last time. Look at how what Paul says um, sort of meshes or complements what Peter says. Paul writes this. All of us who were baptised into Jesus Christ were baptised into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives for God. Peter says that the gift, the offer from God, is new life. Accepting Jesus as our best or only It's not about holding a key or or a golden ticket. It's not about those things. So so it's important that we don't get bogged down in, in, in an approach to Jesus that's about having a crumpled golden ticket in our hand and holding it tight. That's not what Peter is talking about here. That's not what salvation is. Peter says that the offer is new life. So let's live today. So then let's think about what life does. There are points in the New Testament where our new life with Jesus is described in, as a parallel with the new life of a, of a person, of a baby. The need for, for milk before solid food, that kind of thing. So let's have a look, look at what babies need if we're looking at what our new life might be like babies need to be kept warm they need to be cared for by others they need to be cherished they need sort of an emotional connection they need love they need to be nourished they need to have things that are going to help them grow and get stronger they they need to do growing in different ways they need to get bigger work their muscles learn to walk they need to see things and experience places and situations they need to meet people and learn from them they need to fall and get back up again that's the life that we're offered that's what salvation is about and if we're offered new life let's live today we're forgiven so that we can walk into this new life we're not forgiven so that we can stand out the door just hanging around we're saved through Jesus' death and resurrection to know life, to experience it, to have it happening around us, not just to wait for it to happen later. So let's live today. We've been saved through forgiveness, through the Spirit, through the love of the Father, so that we can live alongside Jesus, stride by stride. We've been saved so we can live as part of his family, as brothers and sisters with him, to know how the family works, what the family firm is doing and how it's doing it, and take our place in that the life we've been saved for starts now or has already started so let's live today let's not just decide to go out for a walk let's actually go out and walk with jesus let's live today by talking about our life with jesus and then talking about the life we have with jesus with others with those who know him and those who don't Let's live today by speaking up for those who have no voice or those who are oppressed or those who are lonely or those who are just sad, those who are mourning, those who are the victims of injustice. Let's live today by embracing new life and living hope. Let's live like we have that hope. Amen. Lord Jesus, we want to live a way that reflects what you have given us and how you've made it possible. Help us to accept forgiveness and then to live salvation like it's actually precious to us. Amen. Okay, question one. At the end of this uh, passage, the verses that we read earlier, there's a thing about how angels long to look into these things. That's how precious angels think salvation is. So question one is, what stops us from treating salvation like it's that precious? Question two, why might we or others sometimes get stuck at forgiveness and not go on to live new life with living hope? Question three, what gets in the way for you? Between making the decision to do things, to walk with Jesus and actually going out and doing it. What what might the obstacles sometimes be? What have you discovered distractions can be? What for you or others are the hiccups and the breaks in the journey that make it hard to go from deciding to doing? Well, thanks for being with us in Mindhead for this session. It's been great to speak with you about 1 Peter and I look forward to catching up with you again soon and looking again at this fantastic letter. God bless.